We all deserve a chance to grow together and start each day anew. I'm Henna, host of Begin Again with Henna, and each week we'll create a safe space to ponder topics regarding mental health, relationships, navigating college life, lifestyle, and whatever else is on your mind. Let's take a candid journey through the crests and troughs of life. Together we can begin again. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Begin Again with Henna. You know what's weird? Or I don't know if it's weird, but in the past, every time Christmas has rolled around, I always waited too late to celebrate it. And by the time I got geared up to celebrate it, it was over. So now I've been really good this year at celebrating it early in November, especially because the neighborhood that I uh, live in, me and my family, don't cite my facts. Don't fact check me because I don't I don't know how to describe it. But but yeah, I got the cutest little hats for my guinea pigs and I just couldn't resist dressing them up and doing a little photo shoot for them today. So if you follow me on Instagram at Henanor, you'll see those photos coming very soon. I was planning on doing it tomorrow, but as soon as I got home, I was like, no, I need to take advantage of this opportunity because if I don't do it now, I'm just going to keep thinking about it. <laughs> so just, it is what it is. Lately, I've been going through waves of feeling like sexy as fuck and then feeling super undesirable. If you hang out with me and I'm talking myself up, it's because I make a conscious choice to do that. It doesn't mean that I don't have mean thoughts about myself. I do. I just do my best not to speak them out loud because in that way, it affirms that belief and I'm not interested in entertaining it because... There's a difference when you have a mean thought and you acknowledge it and you repeat it to yourself or when you have a mean thought and you just become an observer of those thoughts. I feel like I've come up with affirmations that help me to dismiss those thoughts such as these thoughts just aren't me. They're a part of my mental illness or sometimes they'll come up and I'll be like, that's pretty mean and I don't agree with this thought. I don't relate to this thought. But I do still struggle sometimes. And you know what? I feel like when I was skinny, it was so easy for me to get free things and, you know, pretty privilege, a pretty privileged life. I used to get invited to all these parties and I would just get all this free stuff and people were so, so nice to me. But I've noticed after gaining weight, people, you know, people still compliment me sometimes, but the shift is very clear and sometimes I will notice it and it just makes me feel really gross and undesirable, especially if I haven't like taken care of myself well that day. Like if I haven't taken care of my basic needs, then I just struggle even more. And I've been seeing this also on TikTok where people have experienced pretty privilege and then they gain a lot of weight and then nobody even bats an eye towards them anymore. And it's like, you're only desirable in society if, number one, if you're young, if you're youthful, and if you're beautiful and attractive, then it's so easy to obtain the things that you want or persuade people. But maybe some people may think that what I'm expressing is shallow, but actually it's a very common experience. It's much more common than we it's much more common than we realize. If there's anything that I've learned from being a psych major and just going through the motions of struggling with my own psychology, it's so clear how similarly we all perceive and struggle through life, yet we feel like we're the only ones 
struggling or feeling that way and that makes us feel even more alone than we are but when you look at it from a global perspective and when you look at the statistics it's so evident that others within the same age range or within the same phase of life feel the exact same way as others in their age group and their cohort but we have a way of especially when we're really upset especially when we're really depressed we have a way of feeling like the world is against us all of the time and that it's only happening to us but one thing that's helped me with my depression is just reminding myself that it's not about me the world is not centered around my thoughts and emotions and that i'm quite literally just a part of the universe in this timeline right now we all are going to die and when you compare your lifetime to the cosmos and how long it's been around how long it will continue to be around and just how humongous it is it's so evident how we are less than a speck of dust in this world and that's reason enough to just do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) i feel like lately i've been leaning into my bitch era where i'm just telling people to fuck off like i feel like i really struggled (laughs) to do that before but sometimes like now i'm in an era where i'll see someone behaving really shitty or someone like calls them out in front of others or says something rude to them and then I'm just like yeah they deserved it <laughs> I'm like yeah that's what you get for behaving that way I I feel like in the past I I had a lot of toxic positivity is what I'm trying to say I feel like I would just look for the positive too much in everything all the time but in reality I feel like having a neutral perspective of life is so beneficial in putting into perspective that we are just here as we are the world is not centered around us and it's about all of us and i especially experience these kinds of feelings when i'm in crowds of large amounts of people i think the word for this is called sonder when you realize that other people have their own stories have their own lives and you're just a background character in their lifetime so you really are the main character of your own life and it is healthy to treat yourself that way if you don't treat yourself like the main character then maybe you'll wait around until someone does but even if they do that's not as valuable as you giving yourself the care and attention that you deserve because you can have the best friends around you you could have the best support group but we will still suffer in this life until we learn to be okay with being alone and being okay with our own presence with our own thoughts just having a conversation with ourselves what's helped me a lot with minimizing its hold on me is just having a conversation with my mental health where like I mentioned before, like I'll have these thoughts and I'll call myself out where I'm just like, that's mean or I don't like that or I'll feel a certain kind of emotion. And I've learned to speak to myself like I would to a child. You know, speaking to yourself, speaking to your inner child is so healing and it's so wholesome. At least for me, it is. And especially when I'm having a really bad day or I'm feeling really, really negatively about myself, like sometimes I'll just like rub my leg and be like, it's okay to be upset, sweetheart. It's okay to cry. It's okay to let it out because oftentimes we can't always get what we want in this lifetime or we need to put aside the things that we want so that we can set ourselves up for the things that we need in the future. And 
I speak this way to the children that I babysit as well, and I literally just talk to myself the same way. So 10 out of 10 recommend just speaking to your inner child because they're still within you. They're still there. They're longing for your attention. I feel like we're fed this idea that when you become an adult, you have to take life seriously and you are quote unquote forced to grow up in a way. But I feel like adults are just children with more responsibilities. I still feel like a child in the best way possible. And that's one of the things that I love about myself because I'm taking the psych of creativity class. And I also learned that the most creative people are those that behave the most childishly. And because embracing your inner child or expressing your childlike nature is a way to churn the creativity boat in your mind. Because when you look at children, they're so imaginative. They're so in tune with and present with life because everything is new to them. Everything is exciting. They think about the world in a way that adults can really learn from. I used to work with kids and this is part of the reason why I really love working with children, especially because I just feel like an adult child myself, especially as I've really leaned into embracing my inner child. I found that I have moments where I desire to go to the park where I'm like, I haven't gone to the playground in a while. I would really love to do that. I can, I swear I could go to the playground by myself and just have a blast. And you know what? That's another thing. I feel like doing things by yourself doesn't have to be such an isolating and lonely activity because you are a blast to hang out with. Sometimes when I tell people that I often eat lunch by myself or whatever, whenever I'm on campus, I will get these stares or you can feel the energy shift where they're just like, oh, like you're alone. Like when you eat, and I'm like, no, I do that on purpose. I was like, no, I enjoy it. This, I'm a blast to hang out with. I'm having a good time over here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> because we are born alone, we will die alone, and we are alone with our thoughts all of the time. At the end of the day, when you're in the dark trying to go to sleep alone with your thoughts, what do you tell yourself? Because what you do anywhere, you do everywhere. I mean, I, I see, I, I'm doing my best now, especially during my break to create discipline for myself because I feel like self-discipline really is the path to freedom. And there's so many things that I want to do in my life and I need to get disciplined in terms of just my sleep schedule. And whenever I'm really struggling with my mental illness, it shows in my sleep schedule. And I've struggled with my sleep schedule for a long time. Like when you're depressed, it kind of exacerbates every other feeling because then when I feel ugly or undesirable, like if a little encounter happens where I feel like someone has brush me off because of the way I look or something, then it enhances that feeling even more and I just feel worse. A day in my life when I'm really struggling with depression just looks like me rotting in bed all day, but I don't even have the energy to get up to eat or use the restroom or shower. Even if I really, really have to pee, I just don't have the energy to move at all. And Recently, I feel like I've been having those days just because my sleep schedule is so messed up because I will sleep so late and then I will wake up so late. And because of that, I wake up too late to take my medication. But lately, I've just been taking my medication anyway because then I stopped taking my medication for a few days and it made my depression so much worse. And it was just a terrible, toxic cycle. And then I wasn't eating properly. And then I binge eat at the end of the day because I don't eat all day. I, I still struggle. And it's like I know how to take care of myself. I just don't have the motivation to do it. And sometimes, like I will have days, especially recently, like 
I will have really depressed days and be like, oh my God, like I'm so fucking lazy. Like, why can't I do this? But then I have to remind myself, I'm like, no, you're not lazy. Like, look at what you've accomplished and look at everything you want to do. Clearly you're ambitious and you've done a lot and you're still doing a lot. You're just also struggling in the midst of that. This is the first time in my life where I've been able to have high functioning depression per se, where I'm still able to do a lot and create a lot, but the times that I'm not doing those things, I'm just rotting in bed, (laughs) quite frankly. But again, today I had a really good day. I think it's because I was able to get up early, especially because I had an exam this morning, so I had to get up. Even though I slept really late last night, I just wasn't able to sleep. But I did so many things with my day because I'm just so relieved to be on break. And I think part of the reason why I've been feeling the way that I have been is because the quarter system is so taxing. Like you barely get a break. Every break that I've had has been less than a week long. But now the winter break is the longest. It's like once a year, I I have a long break and it's winter break, which is happening right now, which lasts for almost a month, which is fantastic. But for the entire rest of the year, I don't have a break like at all. And my breaks only last a few days, but then I have to use those few days to study and prepare for my next class or the next quarter. So it doesn't really feel like a break at all because I take summer sessions so that I can graduate on time. If you're listening to my experiences and you resonate with it, then please know that I see you and I love you and you're not alone. But if you're listening to this with judgment and confusion, if this is foreign to you, then that's okay. I've stopped fighting the need for others to have a positive opinion of me all the time. You're allowed to talk shit about me. You're allowed to put me down because frankly, I can't stop you and I'm not going to try to because I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. And for the most part, I think I'm pretty badass. So anything that you have to say about me that counters any of that has no effect on the facts that exist. It is what it is. And same thing goes for you. We can only meet the world to the capacity, to the extent that we meet ourselves. And as I have embarked on this journey of introspection and self-love and gentle parenting to myself and healing, it's become clear to me that the way that we perceive others in terms of judgment or gossiping or even the way that we perceive the world in terms of it feeling like the world is always against us, blah, 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 has to do with the way that we perceive ourselves. Frankly, other people's opinions of you have nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with their own perception of the world. If there's anything that doom scrolling taught me, it's that sometimes or most of the times, some people just need to learn to shut their mouths and let people live their fucking lives. Like I swear to God, people will put on a dress and walk two steps and then people will comment being like, oh my God, like look at how she's walking, look at her hair, look at her dress, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how does that affect you? Why Why do you feel the need to go out of your way to comment? I mean, I know why it's because they're insecure, but they use that as an excuse to put others down because it makes them feel better. It has to do with their ego. And frankly, it has nothing to do with the inv- individual that posted the post that they're criticizing in the first place, it has everything to do with them, but then people don't, people just really don't understand how words can really have an effect and an impact on people. I saw this TikTok the other day of this girl who said that when she was a teenager, 
someone asked her what her favorite animal was and she said her favorite animal was a mammoth and then the guy was like oh is it because you're fat and then because of that she developed three eating disorders and that shit is real because when I was young I used to have an eating disorder too honestly I was never diagnosed but when you look at the symptoms it's very it was very apparent that I was struggling with my eating because I did it so that I could lose weight and look thin because others would make comments about my appearance all the time and I would do so to appease them and so that I could fit in in society. And the only reason why we do that is because we all want to be loved. We all want the same things. Sometimes we don't realize that as humanity, we literally all want the same things, but it just gets expressed in misguided ways. And I feel like people that do evil are just like they feel like they're doing good in their own right because of whatever stories or whatever they've told themselves. Some people just need to learn to mind their own business and keep your mouth shut. Let people live their fucking lives. If they're not hurting anyone with what they're doing and you don't like it, just keep your mouth shut. Then that's none of your business. I swear in this age of social media, it's so it's made it so easy for people to just be even more hateful and express more hate because they're hiding behind a screen because sometimes even when you look at celebrities and they talk about hate comments they receive and then they'll respond to those comments or call the people out who who said that hate comment and then that person who commented that hate comment will immediately be like oh my god like oh i was just joking like i love you like no i i didn't even know like you'd respond or you'd even see a blah 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 and they're just like huh like people just do it for attention they literally just do it for attention for their own right to make themselves feel better sometimes in its own way it's a cry for help but but again we can't avoid hate comments all the time i'm just saying that the next time you're thinking about commenting something mean think think just think before you comment and ask yourself what am i providing to this discussion by commenting this thing is this going to change this individual's perspective to do better in the world or is this going to change this individual's perspective to be mean to themselves and do worse in their own mental world, right? So we don't struggle with a lack of intelligence in our society. Let me make that clear. We, Some people just don't understand empathy. Like you really have to, is going on in our own lives and understanding our own thoughts and the way that we perceive the world because then when we truly understand ourselves or when we start to have our own backs, then nothing other people say can affect you. I mean, words always hurt, but it's the recovery time is so much faster or let's say for example someone like comments on something and calls me a stupid bitch i mean that hasn't happened yet i don't know maybe it will who knows in the moment like when i first read it a part of me will be like oh damn like that kind of stings that's pretty sucky but now i've reached a place where i'm like i'll read that and just be like damn my condolences i'm like if you really believe that then you're missing out because i'm pretty spectacular (laughs) and that goes the same for you too People that don't understand who you are and have shit to say about you truly do not deserve your sacred energy and time. If people are showing you a red flag, then believe them. Sometimes we fall in love with people's potential and that makes us stay in relationships for too long, but not even their potential. We just fall in love with this idealized image we've created of them in their head or in our heads of a certain way that they behave and then we project that onto them expecting them to do that at some point but if they have shown you that they haven't done that 
and they're not planning to, believe them. Stop staying in relationships that are one-sided and that are draining your sacred energy and time. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. You can wish them well and be kind about it and set a boundary. But it's important to pay attention to first impressions because oftentimes we'll know in the beginning, especially with romantic relationships, usually the reason why romantic relationships end are because of an issue that was present in the beginning of the relationship. And that can happen for even long-term relationships, no matter what that looks like. Pay attention to first impressions. It's important. Or if someone makes a bad impression on you, what matters more is how that person dealt with their mistake or dealt with that mishap because that is what reveals and highlights their character because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Everybody knows what what I'm talking about. Everybody gets that way. (laughs) Anyway, we're human beings. Of course, we're going to make mistakes. I want to shift into answering this icebreaker question. I have this deck called the icebreaker deck. It's from this company called Best Self, and I, or I can put the link in the description, but I highly recommend using some kind of game, some kind of tool to engage yourself with your friends in deep, meaningful, thoughtful conversations because I found every time I use these cards, it always ignites meaningful, deep conversations. That's the best way to get to know someone deeper, faster. So this question that I'm going to answer today says, what failure do you feel embarrassed to talk about? Sometimes I feel embarrassed to acknowledge the fact that I still struggle with my mental health after so many years. I know I talk about it openly and I created a podcast specifically to shed light on the world of mental health, but I still feel the shame that's placed upon individuals that struggle to get better. Or See, I feel like I have gotten better, but it's only because I've minimized the hold that my mental illness has on me where I'm able to still do the things that I want to do in my my life. Maybe not every day, but I'm still doing my best to take little steps to get there. Nonetheless, the mental illness is still there. I still struggle with terrible thoughts or sometimes I just don't think at all and I dissociate or I really struggle to take care of my basic needs sometimes or I don't have the motivation at all to get out of bed and it's Oftentimes, it's not even rumination that I'm struggling with, rumination of my own thoughts. It's just feeling numb and dissociated and detached for whatever reason. Sometimes it just happens out of the blue, and I'm so confused as to why I feel that way. Like, did something trigger it? Sometimes things don't trigger it. I just feel that way. That's a part of struggling with mental illness, unfortunately. But I feel like I finally am learning to work with it. I'm finally learning to be a friend to my mental illness where a true friend will call you out on your bullshit. And that's what I do with my mental illness. If my mental illness is starting to say really shitty, poor, terrible things about me, then I'm like, yo, that shit ain't true and I'll tell you why. Here's a list of reasons or here's a list of facts that debunk all these conspiracies (laughs) that you're creating. I have all these rebuttals ready to go for this mental illness way of thinking that comes up in my life sometimes. My perspective of the world has shifted and the way that I deal with the symptoms that persist in my life, but the symptoms are still there and they result in me missing out on things or they 
I do have hope that I will be able to create the life that I want even more in terms of creating discipline for myself, getting up at a reasonable time, eating well throughout the day, creating consistent workout schedule, etc. I see that for myself. I see that in my future. But also just because you have those things doesn't mean that you won't struggle with mental illness. Oftentimes, those that commit suicide, a lot of their friends and family just had no idea. They didn't even see it coming because they masked it. They masked it so well. You can be a productive member in society and still want better for yourself and your life and still struggle with mental illness because it's a disease. It's not a choice. It just happens. And people get better, people get worse. It is what it is. But until we acknowledge the fact that depressed people aren't just lazy individuals that are choosing not to do shit with their life, like, no, no, no. Let's stop that right now because that is not the reality at all. And that is the reason why so many people struggle to speak up about their mental health. And because of the stigma that we've created, it just makes people feel worse. It makes people feel alone. It makes people feel even more crazy and isolated and like they're the only ones struggling with that because nobody wants to fucking talk about it. See, even as I share all of this now, it's like it's not easy for me to share my experiences all the time, but I see the value and vulnerability. I have experienced that from other people because that has saved my life. And until we are able to consistently have these conversations as a society, people won't speak up. People won't ask for help. People are not going to get better. It's created due to a certain kind of trauma or what they were taught when they were younger or just just unfortunate, terrible things that were not in their control at all that have affected them for a lifetime. And that's honestly what happened to me when I was younger. I I still have PTSD from trigger warning. I'm about to talk about sexual assault and etc. and PTSD. I have persistently and consistently struggled with my with mental illness throughout my lifetime is because when I was very little, when I was young, I was sexually assaulted multiple times throughout my childhood and I was raped as a teenager, which is very unfortunate and I know that those things weren't my fault but they still affect me to this day. I still have nightmares. I still get triggered. I still have terrible thoughts. I still look back and feel disgusted. I remember trying to shower off feeling so dirty and so violated and it just, it never leaves you. Honestly, it's something that in the past I was afraid that I'd never get over it and honestly, I don't know if I ever will, especially cuz it happened to me when I was very young. The first time it happened was when I was 4 years old. And it is what it is. It's it was just a really unfortunate situation and it wasn't my fault, but you know what? My case compared to so many other people's around the world, it's very mild <laughs> compared to what some other people go through and that shit is not their fault and they struggle for years and years because of it and then society just calls them lazy and unproductive because of shit that they weren't in control of when they were a child because they weren't protected when they were little and then it's their fault and then they grow up and they don't get the care that they need or they don't have proper health care or they are raised with the stigma that being depressed or showing your emotions is a sign of weakness or even it's a sign of femininity and doing that makes you less of a man and you can't speak up 
Like, especially for men, they're taught not to express their emotions. And that leads to so many more problems within the relationships that they have in their lives and with the relationship that they have with themselves, with the way that they perceive the world, with everything. It's It has a butterfly effect. That's why it's so important to pay attention to the shit that comes out of your mouth. And it's so important to think before you behave because that stays with people and that is how people develop mental illness. Your mental health, having strong mental health is a privilege. It really is. Because again, I don't feel like a victim to my illness or diagnosis. I, my mental illness is part of the reason why I really strive to be my own boss and create my own schedule because sometimes I'm afraid that I won't be able to keep up with the kind of life I had before COVID where I would really go to a nine-to-five job, etc. Let's talk about some ways that we can aid our mental health when we're really struggling. And I mentioned this earlier, but I really encourage making a list, especially if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts or thoughts of self-harm. I encourage you to write down things, write down reasons for you to hang on, write down reasons for you not to self-harm. And I will just give examples of reasons that I tell myself where, for example, if I'm struggling with thoughts of self-harm, which I still do sometimes, I haven't self-harmed in years, which is fantastic, but I get very close to doing it again, but I've been really good at refraining from doing so, which I'm so proud of myself for. And If you hear this and you're in a similar boat, I'm so proud of you. But one reason why I refuse to self-harm anymore, especially when I'm really having those thoughts, is because I feel like the moment I decide to partake in that action, then I feel like I am pushing myself 10 steps back. You know, I didn't get this far just to get this far. I feel like that's what I keep telling myself and that is strong enough reason for me to be like, oh shit, okay. Like, then I'm not going to do that. Plus... I think about the loved ones in my life who, especially my little baby cousins, and I think about how they would feel if they saw that I was doing this to myself or how I would feel if I saw them doing that to themselves. And it's it's never a good feeling. Sometimes the reason why people self-harm is so that they can make their pain tangible and aid to that pain. At least that's one of the reasons why I used to do it, where I used to struggle with cutting and the action of bandaging my wounds made me feel like I had some control over my mental illness. And that was like at the peak of, like that was right before I was hospitalized. So, and I was a hormonal ass teenager. So everything was just exacerbated. It's good to write down things. It's good to give yourself reminders of things that are going right in your life, things that you are doing right, especially when we feel like we haven't accomplished much in a day or we feel like we're so behind in life or we feel like any certain way about ourselves that's negative. It's important to then look at that moment and like, especially if I'm feeling really, really shitty and I'm journaling that day, then I make it a point to write down things that I like that I did that day. For example, I I write like, I like the way that I got out of bed and I did my hair today. And I like the way that I decided to go on an extra long walk to move my body. Or I really like the way that I had this thought, but then 
<clears throat> I, I allowed myself to not internalize that thought and understand that that's not a part of who I am. That's not a part of my character. I like the way that I take care of my guinea pigs. I like the way that I like dad jokes. I like the way that I complimented other people. I like the way, you know, you go on and on. When we're in the midst of rumination, when we're in the midst of feeling so, so shitty about ourselves in the world, I mean, let yourself feel that pain 100%. There's there's a difference between letting yourself feel that pain, but then beating yourself up for it and letting yourself feel the pain and validating yourself for those emotions and allowing those emotions to truly pass. Because if you do the first one, then that's not rest. Then you're pain will continue to persist. You will continue to feel extra shitty and you will not be able to move on from whatever it is that you're struggling with at that time period. Like, you know, the intensity of that emotion. We're going long here, but I know I'm just getting so passionate. I just keep talking. But anyway, I'll end this episode by listing some of the things that I have on my list as big reasons for me to hang on when I struggle with suicidal thoughts. And Again, I still struggle with them. I I do. When I especially when I'm having really really bad days and sometimes I'm so confused as to why I still have those thoughts because I'm like, but look how much I've grown and my per- my perspective of the world has shifted, but then it's like, no, that's just the mental illness, sweetheart. Like it's okay. Like that's not you. And you can see that and allow it to coexist with the ambition and the desire and the hope that you have for your life. These things can coexist. It's not black and white. It's not one or the other. We as human beings are complex individuals. We are complex creatures in this lifetime that can carry multiple emotions and concepts and phenomenons all at once. Okay, so here's things that are on my list. My baby cousins I wouldn't be able to forgive myself for the pain that my loss would cause them. And oftentimes, killing ourselves, it does not end the pain. It just passes it on to someone else. So whenever I think about, whenever I have those thoughts, I think about the pain that that would cause loved ones in my life. Because at the end of the day, we would never wish our pain on other people. Or at least for the most part, right? We wouldn't wish our terrible thoughts that we have about ourselves on other people. And it's important to remember that because ending our lives does not end the pain. It just passes it on to someone else. Another reason that I put for me to hang on is this podcast. I know that there are others who are also struggling that feel as if they have no voice because I was one of those people for a very long time. And even if my podcast right now is small, I still want to be that voice even if I'm just helping one person and at least I finally got into the place now where I have the capacity to speak up and shed light on the issue because even when I look back on myself a year and a half ago I I couldn't do this shit I didn't have the capacity to do that at all I was really really struggling even more I'm I'm so thankful that I'm not in that place anymore and I feel like a lot of the influencers or motivational speakers that I've seen have like they seem like they have it all together sometimes or like they've completely overcome what they've gone through and now they're sharing their light and wisdom to the world, which is beautiful and wonderful. And I think that's a very noble, awesome thing to do. And I hope to 
be one of those people someday where I can reach a place of self-love and light where my mental illness doesn't have such a persistent role in my life, not even in terms of the thought, just in terms of the dissociation and etc. But it's hard to find people that are in the midst of their struggles and that talk about it and are real about it and don't sugarcoat things. It's hard for me to share my struggle sometimes simply because I hope it doesn't affect the opportunities for me in the future. But at the same time, as I say this out loud, I'm like, if it does, then those opportunities weren't meant for me. Another reason is my guinea pigs. Where I'm like, who will take care of them and give them snuggles? They are the sweetest boys in the whole world. Well, you know what? Teddy is not. He's very naughty. He's sweet to me, but he's very mean to his brother. And they have to be separated because of this reason. But that's okay. That's part of the reason. I just adore them. They're my little babies. And I don't, I'm not ready to let them go right now. Other things worth living for. The feeling of a really great fart or poop. Like so, it's such a physical relief and emotional relief. Especially if you've just been holding it in for so long. Don't hold that shit in. Emotions are like poop. It feels like a weight and relief letting it all out. But if you hold it in, your body will force you to release it eventually and you'll just end up exploding. So poop. Pooping is good for you. Everybody poops. Anyway, another reason is SpongeBob TV shows. I'm a huge SpongeBob fan. I mentioned in my first episode of this podcast that I'm a huge Office fan. Honestly, I haven't been watching The Office that much lately because I've been listening to this office to the Office Ladies podcast. If any of you know who that is, shout out. Let me know if you do because I don't find many people that actually know what that is. I just watched it too many times. I'm kind of sick of watching the show. So I just listened to a podcast about it. But yeah, I'm a super fan of The Office. I'm also a super fan of SpongeBob. Not ashamed of it. It's a part of me. It's my personality. It is what it is. <clears throat> Another reason is... The feeling of the sun beaming down on your skin, coffee, expressing yourself through fashion or art, and simply by existing, you are a gift to life. You brighten the worlds of others and make the world a better place simply by being you and by existing. I know sometimes it really doesn't feel like it, but I encourage you to look at the evidence in your life that those things are true because I promise you, you can find more than one reason. I'm sure you could find 10 reasons, even if it's you were able to make someone laugh for a day or you have people in your life where you've shared beautiful memories together or you have people that have given you great advice or you've given them great advice, even allowing others to help you. People want to help you. It is a gift to help you. It is a privilege and a blessing to help you. It makes people feel good about what they're doing in the world. It makes people feel valuable. And regardless, they are valuable, but just know that you are worth it. You deserve to have your dreams fulfilled. You deserve a sip of ice cold water on a very hot and sunny day. You deserve to have the first pick of whatever donut you want in the Krispy Kreme box. You deserve to cry and let out 
all of your emotions, anything that you need to without feeling judgment or shame or without beating yourself up about it because it's such a human thing to do and being human is beautiful. Being human is being imperfect and imperfection is the way of the universe. It's the way of life. We can't avoid it. It is who we are, but that is what makes us so authentically beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning into this long episode of Begin Again with Henna. Please check me out on Instagram at hennanoor underscore. If you haven't already, please leave me a rating for the show. It really does help. Answer my question sticker at the end. If you engage in any way at all, it helps so much more than you know. Share this with a friend that you think would enjoy this episode that would find value in it. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.